It is the Built by Bama Online podcast. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you once again. That's right. It's a July the 4th week twofer we've got for you here on the Built by Bama Online podcast. A couple days ago, we checked in with Charlie Potter, Team Insider for BOL. We gave you some nuts and bolts discussion specifically on the Alabama secondary for the 2019 season. You can find that at your favorite outlet for podcast. By the way, we'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe to the Built by Bama online podcast and leave a a review while you're there. Let people know how much you're enjoying the podcast, or at least we hope you are. And a big part of what we do here on the Built by Bama online podcast is talk recruiting. And we do that typically with Hank Sal. Does an outstanding job as a recruiting analyst for BamaOnline.com. It has been a whirlwind month or so. For Hank South, he is fresh from Frisco, Texas, where he took in both the opening and the Elite 11 quarterback competition. Uh, Hank, kind of, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's weird doing this on a Friday when I'm not used to it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it the Hank South happy hour. Right. Yeah, I like that. You know, maybe maybe happy <laughs> hour with Hank. We can okay. start that. Just go ahead and print the shirts, right? Just go ahead and. <laughs> Yeah, sign me up. We've got a brand there. Yeah, (laughs) but but just kind of, you know, clue us into what exactly you just experienced there uh, in Frisco, Texas, with everything that was going on, how it sort of laid out, uh, and then we'll get more specifically into Bama commitments, Bama targets that were on hand at both the opening and also the Elite Eleven portion of the proceedings, and then we'll count down some topics uh, that have also preceded uh, uh, the opening and the Elite 11 since we last spoke anyway. Uh, And then we'll have a mailbag question or two for you from the BamaOnline.com roundtable. But again, just sort of the lay of the land and and how things were set up for the events you just uh, took in out there. Yeah, you know, it was a little bit different this year with the Elite 11 and the opening finals. Typically, you see it um, happen. The Elite 11 finals happen in Los Angeles a few weeks before the opening finals where you see, you know, two dozen or so quarterbacks go out to California and compete to get the invite to the opening finals. And and of course, that Elite 11 honor. Uh, but this year, you know, they combined the two. So the Elite 11 finals started on Friday with the with the check in from the quarterbacks. And they kind of just I, I, I was there the whole time and I'm still kind of confused about how it all how, how it all went. But they kind of ran the Elite 11 finals throughout the entire event um, into the opening finals. So there was never really a cutoff. Um, for the Elite 11 finals, but uh, the quarterbacks got there on Friday, uh, last Friday, and then uh, competed through Tuesday. That The rest of the uh, prospects for the opening finals arrived on Sunday um, and, and competed through um, Wednesday, I'm sorry, um, for that event. So, you know, a lot of it, obviously, with the Elite 11 is just quarterback drills. You know, Trent Dilfer was there. He, he's a big part of it. Uh, there were some college counselors on hand. We saw Jalen Hurts there, uh, uh, Sam Ellinger out of Texas, and uh, and uh, Tariq King, the, the Houston quarterback as well, were all there, and, and Shea Patterson. So, you know, there was a good turnout from college counselors. Um, it, it was a fun competition to watch. We saw several guys kind of rise to the top there and, and kind of take the reins towards the end of the competition. And, and uh, you know, we're the clear front runners for the Elite 11 finals. Um, and then, you know, a lot of buzz um, with Bama guys at the opening, um, a few commitments and a lot of the top targets competing there, whether it be seven on seven or the offensive and defensive line challenge. So it was a lot of activity in, in, a, in a short uh, few days. But, you know, we, we learned a lot um, as far as a recruiting standpoint goes. And, you know, we got to 
see um, the guys the Bama has been after. We got to see them compete at, at this stage and, and kind of see get, get some more verified information on them, whether it be testing numbers or just overall ability. So um, it, it was a really beneficial event to be there um, covering Alabama and kind of, you know, getting a gauge on all these guys heading into their senior seasons or junior seasons, I should say. As far as the opening goes, give us an idea of the Bama commits that were there and maybe a brief overview on how those guys performed. Yeah, so um, Alabama had four commitments invited to the opening finals, three of which actually participated. Uh, Drew Sanders was one of them. He actually pulled his hamstring uh, a week and a half ago and was unable to compete. Um, so uh, unfortunately we weren't able to see him. I, I was really actually looking forward to watching him work out. Um, uh, but the other guys that did show up, Javon Baker, the four-star wide receiver from Georgia, Malachi Moore, the four-star cornerback slash defensive back, um, four-star safety, uh, from Hewitt Trustville and then Quandarius Robinson, obviously the four-star outside linebacker from Jackson Olin. And, you know, I, I think all three of the guys did really well. You know, I, th- I think overall, I think Quandarius Robinson had the best showing of the Alabama commits, um, you know, from start to finish, he was he was a really impressive. Uh, he had a really impressive showing. He checked in at six five two fifteen, uh, ran a four six forty like he did back in in March at the opening in Atlanta, um, and just played really well. I think I think a lot of the questions surrounding Quandarius was how he's going to play in coverage, and uh, that's obviously a big portion of this event with the seven on seven. You know, he he really did well. He has safety on his resume um, at Jackson Olin. I, I think he played safety as a as a sophomore. Um, so, you know, you can kind of see those coverage skills he has. Um, I, I think ultimately he'll be an edge rush, edge rusher guy, but um, he, he certainly has that ability to, to drop back in coverage need be. Malachi Moore, I think the biggest question with him coming in was, you know, we, we know he can cover. We know he has the DB skills. Um, but you know, the athleticism there, I mean, at the opening in Atlanta, he ran a four seven. Obviously you want to see uh, your cornerbacks run a little bit faster of a time than that. And and he came out and ran a four five. So um, he he he, uh, he got those verified testing numbers up, played really well in coverage, got an interception one of the days and uh, and just did well overall. And then Javon Baker, you know, he's won MVP at almost every camp he's been to this offseason. Um, and he played really well again. I, I don't have his tally right in front of me. We did keep stats um, throughout the week, but I think he had nearly 20 catches and a couple of touchdowns, some really impressive catches. You know, a lot of the a talk and buzz around Javon Baker is just his route running ability and strong hands. And, and he certainly displayed that. So um, overall three really good performances. I think Quandarius had the best showing of all of them, like I said, but um, I think all those guys helped their stock going forward. Now, they measured and weighed these guys at check-in. Is that correct, Hank? Because I'm looking at Quandarius Robinson here at six foot five, 215 pounds, and you're telling me this guy has safety uh, <laughs> in his background, and it looks like he ran a 4.63, which is outstanding at that size, a shuttle of 4.4, a vertical jump of nearly 38 inches. Yeah, I'd say Quandarius Robinson – solidified, legitimized uh, his status as the top overall recruit in the state of Alabama. Yeah, no doubt. And um, talking to the guys there, um, obviously our, our rankings team was there at, at um, in Frisco for 24-7 sports, and he was right on the cusp of making the dream team. Um, I think he was the first one out as far as the linebackers go. And it's funny because Quandary, the whole reason he played linebacker at this event, you know, a lot of the times you see these kind of these edge guys play defensive line. Some of them times they play linebacker. We've seen them do both um, in, in years past, like a guy like Micah Parsons played defensive end and, and linebacker, if I remember correctly, but he was actually, he was actually scheduled to work out as a defensive lineman at the Atlanta regional. And he showed up late 
and went to the wrong high school uh, or he, he showed up. He went to the wrong high school. So he was late to the event. And so he had to get down there and they decided just to let him work out at linebacker. And it turns out he's really good at it and had a really good camp in Atlanta and got invited to the finals as a showed off his ability and and you know he had a pick six as well you know we saw malachi get a pick and, and, and quandarius robinson actually had a pick six so he, he really did well and, and helped himself going forward now some guys that aren't committed i know a couple of jumbo athlete type tight end types were there as well and, and some other high fours into the five-star type range targets that alabama still has out there even though sitting there with 20 or so commitments you have to wonder how much room is left in the boat um, any, any, any buzz about uncommitted, non-committed guys that are potential flips to Alabama that you picked up on out there in Frisco? Yeah, I think that was one of the biggest storylines as far as my coverage went, um, at, at, uh, at the opening finals this week was just, you know, how far things are from being done in, the, in this 2020 class. You know, like you said, I mean, the, uh, 21 commitments at this point in, in 2020, um, only so many more spots to go. Um, but, you know, talking to all the guys there, I mean, there's several guys that, like you said, aren't committed yet. Uh, Darnell Washington and Eric Gilbert, the two five-star athletes that are just freak tight end prospects uh, that just had really good weeks uh, for themselves. But talking to guys that were committed, Jermaine Burton, a four-star receiver committed to LSU. He's still going to take an uh, official visit to Alabama this fall. Jace McClellan, the five-star running back committed to Oklahoma. He's planning on taking an official visit. Um, Elias Ricks, a guy we haven't really mentioned in a while, the number one cornerback in the nation, um, according to our rankings. And uh, he's going to take an official visit to Alabama. He's currently committed to LSU. So, um, you know, I have a whole list of guys we talked to. The coverage is up at BamaOnline.com. But uh, there's a lot of top talent that that Alabama is still very much in the mix for. and, And, you know, we got to see them on display this week. Now, let's talk about the Elite 11 aspect of this gathering, this massive gathering of some of the very most elite talent for all of the class of 2020. And you said it, even uh, looking at some classes beyond 2020, Bryce Young, you've talked about him. You've written about Bryce Young, the Californian committed to USC. Uh, You've maintained that Alabama uh, may very well be there in the end for Bryce Young. Did you see or hear anything, pick up anything out there uh, that may have changed that line of thinking, or you may be even more uh, steadfast in your belief that Alabama is still very much a player for Bryce Young? Yeah, coming out of this event, uh, I, I feel better than ever as far as uh, how I felt al- along the past few months as as far as where his Bama stands with Bryce Young, uh, you know, we've been talking about him for, you know, since February now as being a major target. Um, he, he's, he was the first call Steve Sarkeesian made when he got the job at, at Alabama back as offensive coordinator. And he's been their top target ever since. And, uh, you know, talking to people around that, around the elite 11 finals um, and just people with knowledge of the recruitment the last week or so. And, and the feeling is Bama has a, v- a very good shot. At, at, uh, at flipping Bryce Young from USC. And, and you talked to Bryce Young, which we did at the Elite 11 finals, and you wouldn't even know he was really considering any other schools. You know, he's, he's keeping he's being very respectful of USC, which is what you would want in, in, in a commitment. If, uh, if a kid commits to your school, you want them to obviously uh, act like a commitment. And, and that's what he's doing um, with USC. But it sounds like behind the scenes, you know, Bama is really pushing there. Obviously, Bryce Young did say he, he is talking to Alabama. He has a very close relationship with Steve Sarkeesian and, and the family's growing their relationship with Nick Saban as well. Uh, but, you know, as far as 
you know, when it could happen or, or when he's looking at making a decision, there's really not a timetable set. Uh, I, I think he would, I think he would probably like to have his decision out of the way before playing his senior season. I, I think he wants to have recruiting put behind him, but you know, I, I think the biggest note taking away, taken away from this event was that Bama's, you know, in better shape than ever, in my opinion, to flip him from USC. Um, and, and, you know, we, we didn't really see any other quarterbacks kind of June for the staff. I had a note on another quarterback named Jacoby Criswell that was at the Elite 11 finals as well. He's still in contact, but there's been no offer at this point. So it really seems like Bryce Young or nothing at this point in the 2020 class for Alabama. And, you know, if, if something happens, he doesn't flip, you know, it's never a done deal. Um, you know, he is committed to USC. They could have a good season. He could feel comfortable going there um, and stick with them. Um, so if Bama doesn't get a guy like Bryce Young to flip, there's a really strong class coming up in 2021 with several guys really high on Alabama already. So uh, Bama's going to be fine going forward at quarterback. Um, obviously, they would like Bryce Young in the fold. I think he sees that opportunity to come in and kind of, uh, you know, follow up in, in to his footsteps and, and be that guy. He, he can come in and compete to take that starting starting role in 2020. And, and I think he sees the best opportunity there with Alabama. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see. I, I, don't, I don't think anything's going to happen soon, but I, I do think Bama's in good shape there. Man, you talk about a gut punch. If Sark goes back into the sort of L.A. area, the former USC assistant, former USC head coach, and pilfers the Trojans of their top quarterback recruit in Bryce Young, that's going to have a uh, a lingering effect, I would think. Um, physically, in terms of attributes, I noticed Bryce Young listed at 5'11", 183. Did he check out? From that standpoint, not the biggest guy in the world, right? No, he's not. And you know what's interesting about Bryce Young is he has huge hands. I don't know what his the hands were measured at, but uh, for for the lack of size he has as far as height, and, and he's a smaller smaller frame quarterback, he kind of makes up for it with arm strength. He has big hands. Um, you know, he has he has above average ability um, in 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 the arm department, and so um, he's a really accurate passer. A lot, some people say he kind of has a, a weird mechanic, what kind of funky throwing motion, but it's working for him. So, you know, he's not, uh, he's going to keep doing that. Um, he, he was the number two rated quarterback, um, at the elite 11 finals. So he certainly, um, you know, reinforced that he is the number one dual threat quarterback in the country. I don't think that ranking is going to change. In fact, I think he could probably move up, um, in 24 seven sports eyes, as far as uh, maybe getting that fifth star from, uh, from our ranking. So, uh, you know, he, he is a smaller guy, but, um, he, he certainly makes up with it with his ability. One of the few uncommitted prospects in that Elite 11 ends up winning MVP uh, in C.J. Stroud. Now, what can you tell us about C.J. Stroud? Is he connected to Alabama in any way? If he isn't, do you think he's a guy that Alabama might turn the heat up on? You know, that, that'll be interesting. Kind of, you know, we talk about Bryce Young being really the only guy, and I think that's still the case right now. Maybe they they move on CJ Stroud if they're not getting a good feeling from Bryce Young um, here in a few months. Um, I, I don't think, uh, I, I think CJ Stroud is going to start getting a lot more offers. He was already, uh, he already had several power five offers um, entering the event. Uh, I, I'm looking at his profile right now. He had like Baylor, Cal, Utah, those schools. Uh, but you know, I, I think this event will, uh, will certainly raise his stock. Um, he was certainly the most, consistent quarterback throughout the entire event i watched his team several times and you know it does help having three five-star receivers to throw to all week but um he 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 looked really good in the combine camp um you know every of every drill they did he really excelled at and so um you know he kind of checks all the boxes as far as 
Um, he, he's got that ideal frame, ideal size, six, two and a half, one ninety four. He's got a strong arm. He's accurate. Um, and he's a really good leader. Um, you know, we saw him, you know, uh, you know, taking the reins of his team and guiding him downfield in several. I mean, I saw, I saw, I think I saw him throw six to eight touchdowns when I was watching his team. So he had a really good outing. Um, as far as whether Bama will get involved, I, I think it's too early to be, to tell. Uh, I think the focus is still on Bryce Young, but he's definitely an option. Um, if, if Bama decides to go that direction. Kind of bouncing around now uh, in regards to the opening finals and the Elite 11, but we've talked about a legacy recruit in the past, that being Reggie Grimes of Brentwood, Tennessee. Of course, Reggie's father, a standout defensive lineman for the Alabama Crimson Tide in the 1990s. On paper, at least, from what I was able to to, to put together and keeping up with what was going on out there, it looked like Reggie Grimes uh, pass the eye test. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he's, he's always excelled at kind of the, the testing portion of things. Um, you know, he, he, I don't have his numbers pulled up right in front of me, but I, I think he ran in the four sixes, maybe in the four fives on his 40. He's really quick. He always tests well. He, he checks the boxes as far as, uh, just size and, and just all, all that that you want to see. Um, uh, the thing with Reggie Grimes is he's just a really raw pass rusher. Um, uh, I, I watched several of his reps, um, on the OLDL and, uh, you know, he, he fires off the line, but you know, he, he's still learning kind of that technique and, and what you have to do. Um, and, and all that, all that kind of, uh, stuff when it comes to, you know, coming off the edge, which is where most schools are recruiting him at. Um, you know, early on there was talk about being him playing running back, maybe even playing tight end. You know, he he's just a really good athlete. So I think the question as far as where he's going to end up, you know, the sky's the limit as far as ability as a, as a pass rusher coming off the edge. Um, he's just got to learn. Somebody to, has to develop him there. And so, uh, you know, I, I think he showed a lot of promise this week. Um, he took to coaching really well. Um, obviously, you know, he has his dad, he has, he has, uh, he has that ability in his blood. So, uh, as far as his recruitment goes, um, I, I think it's an Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee race for him. Um, he's going to be back at, at Bama in a couple weeks for that second cookout. And then again, for an official visit in September. So I, I think it's a, it's a little ways from being over for Reggie Grimes, but whoever gets him is going to get a really special athlete. Not to make this entirely about the opening and the Elite 11 events, because since we last spoke, Hank, uh, there have been a, a number of other important uh, events or, or things that have happened on the recruiting front. Um, now, are we in a dead period right now? Is that correct? We are, yeah. It started, uh, I guess, about a uh, Sunday before last, um, and it'll run through, I believe, July 24th. Um, so yeah, currently no, uh, on-campus contact, um, uh, coaches can still, you know, talk over the phone, over text message, but this is kind of the time of the year where a lot of coaches kind of unwind and, uh, and take some vacations before fall camp. So let's talk about, let's, let's do this. Let's count down. We've obviously gotten into the opening and, and the elite 11 stuff, but I want four other items of particular interest from Hank South since we last spoke that don't involve uh, Frisco, Texas here in the last week or so. Let's start with one of those. Give us uh, something else that you know has been of a special interest to Alabama recruiting for this 2020 cycle or maybe even beyond. Yeah, you know, I think the biggest development this summer as far as the month of June goes was just that commitment streak Alabama went on. You know, we, we saw, um, I'm looking at my list right now, I think six, I might be missing one there was that many i can't i couldn't keep track of them all just off the top of my head uh just 
just big time gets, especially on the defensive side of the ball for Alabama in the month of June. You get a guy like Quandarius Robinson. We just talked about all his ability earlier in the segment. Uh, Demoy Kennedy, who might be the the biggest freak linebacker in the 2020 class, he decides to commit to Alabama. Uh, Will Anderson, a top 100 edge rusher uh, from Georgia, commits. Uh, Xavier Hill, big time interior lineman, offensive lineman, and then Damian George, a, a high ceiling offensive tackle from Texas. And then Bama gets its first 2021 commit, Latrell McCutcheon, a four star cornerback from Austin, Texas. So uh, I, I think that was the biggest, you know, eye opening thing in Alabama recruiting in the month of June. There were so many events, there were so many camps, uh, cookouts, all that, all that stuff. But, you know, Bama really got on a roll recruiting and, and really helped itself heading into the month of July and, and into the season as well. Yeah, the uh, Alabama recruiting effort in June, almost as productive as our Atlanta Braves at the plate with all those home (laughs) runs and runs scored for the Braves uh, in the month of June. Now, we've got three more. Hit us with another one here. Item of particular interest, Hank Sal. Yeah, there's a bunch. Um, I I guess, um, you know, with the commitments came some decommitments. We saw two guys back out of their commitments to Alabama, one being to Zalem Worsham, the longtime uh, commitment from Hewitt Trustville, uh, four-star wide receiver. He took an official visit to Miami, um, didn't wait long, got home and and reopened his recruitment, I believe, on the following Tuesday. So that was a little bit of an eye-opener. You know, there's, there's been some buzz kind of going around, you know, I think he deleted all the Alabama stuff off his Instagram or however you want to look into that. Um, so that there was kind of some buzz going around that maybe he was looking around, going to reopen, um, and look elsewhere. And it looks like that's exactly what he did. Um, that leaves Bama with three wide receivers in this class in the year where, um, you know, it's got to sign at least four, um, with the potential losses coming up after the upcoming season. So, um, still three really good ones on board. Um, and Javon Baker, Treshawn Holden and, and, uh, Tyu Jones bell and, I think there's some good ones. There's some more good ones to come. Um, and then, of course, Dericky Wright, another kind of surprising one. I, I don't think uh, DeZalem Worsham was as surprising as Dericky Wright, uh, the uh, local kind of athlete, outside linebacker, hybrid player that can do it all player from uh, from Gadsden. Um, he decommitted and uh, and actually de- committed to Ole Miss about a week later. Um, and so he didn't wait long. Uh, clearly, Ole Miss was on his mind. And who knows what recruiting pitch they gave to him. You know, Bama was filling up a, a lot of edge guys, a lot of guys that kind of projected to, to play the same position maybe as Dericky Wright at the next level. And maybe that got to his ear from another college staff. That's my that's kind of how I saw it um, happen um, as a potential reason for him decommitting. But uh, a, a really good player. Ole Miss got a good one out of Alabama. Um, a lot of people will say, oh, these guys are pushed out of the class. They're just making room for for these top guys and that's just not the case um they were there were two guys Bama liked a lot and took commitments from for a reason so um, a couple losses but you know I think Bama will rebound nicely yeah I know another topic as we count them down here with Hank South recruiting analyst for BamaOnline.com on the Bama Online built by Bama Online podcast uh the running back situation with Zach Evans and Kendall Milton uh, continues to be a very popular topic. Talk about how that sort of played out in June and maybe where it sits right now. Yeah, you know, it's kind of crummy. Uh, Zach Evans missed uh, the opening finals. He was one of the guys I was looking forward to uh, to talking with and kind of catching up with as far as where things stand with Alabama. He didn't end up going. Uh, so we, we didn't get to see him there, but uh, I think we'll probably see him pretty soon here. Uh, but those have been the two names we've been watching at running back. Um, Zach Evans, the number one running back in the nation, Kendall Milton, the number three running back in the nation. Um, I think the chances as far as Bama goes, uh, the best chances Bama has 
for one of those guys, I think it's with Zach Evans. Uh, I think Georgia's trending pretty heavily for Kendall Milton at this point, coming off his official visits um, and, and his decision coming up on July 29th. I actually logged a 24-7 sports crystal ball prediction in favor of Georgia for Kendall Milton. I think that's where he's going to pick later this month. But, but a new name that's kind of joined the fold is Jace McClellan. And we I, I think I briefly mentioned him earlier, the five-star running back that's committed to Oklahoma. Um, he's a guy that uh, he visited uh, – the last weekend before the dead period with his mom. And he told me um, at the opening that he's going to be back for the LSU game on an official visit. And so he's listening to Alabama. They've been recruiting him for a while. We just never were really sure how serious that interest was. And that's kind of what surprised me the most talking with him. I've heard he's kind of a quiet guy. He doesn't really say much, but you know, I asked him about Bama. He said they have a really good chance, not a, they have a good chance to flip him in his own words um, as far as kind of his interest level in the tide. Um, and so that's going to be interesting to watch. Oklahoma has another running back committed and Seth McGowan. I, I think they're in it for Zach Evans as well. So uh, Bama's in it for, you know, three five-star running backs. I think two a little bit more realistically uh, with Kendall Milton kind of trending towards Georgia. But that, yeah, that's another big development to to pair one of these guys with a guy like Roy Dell Williams. That's a, that's a pretty good running backs class. So we got one more we're going to cover with you before we get to the mailbag. Uh, is it inside linebackers? Uh, is it, uh, you know, the lines of scrimmage? We've already talked about quarterbacks and running backs. Uh, one final topic of particular interest for you here in the last month before we get to the BOL, uh, the Built by Bama online podcast mailbag. Yeah, you know, I think it's just this, how is this defensive backs class going to finish? Um, you know, they have... They we're coming off two years back to back where Bama signed arguably the best defensive backs classes in the nation. Um, we're sitting at a point right now where they, they have several guys committed and there, and there's several guys more that look on the brink of committing or, or that could possibly commit down the line. You know, just looking at this list I wrote down now uh, of all the guys Bama's in the mix with it's, it's as, as far as Bama's trending with right now, it's gotta be the defensive back room. You know, you see a guy like Joel Williams, uh, Xavion Alford, the four-star safety from Houston, Nadab Joseph reentered the mix. Uh, the, the one time Bama commit turned Georgia signee. And, and that, that's a whole probably podcast story in itself um, with Nadab Joseph, uh, Christian story. And then, of course, Elias Ricks, who we talked about earlier, the LSU commit. So there's there's several more guys um, for maybe only, you know, one or two more spots. You know, we'll see how it, obviously it's, it's I still think it's too early to talk about how many uh, exactly how many spots are left in a class. But, um, you know, certainly it is filling up um, and there, there's a there's a lot of guys that want in and, and not a lot of space. So it's a good position to be in for Alabama. Uh, obviously, you know, it can, it can cause a little uh, a lot of debate, but um, it, it's a much better position to be in at this point than to be in late January trying to having to having to take guys that you wouldn't normally take um, just because you, you got to fill those positions. Good stuff, as always, from Hank South. And with that, we move on to the Built by Bama online podcast mailbag, which you can participate in right there on the BOL roundtable. Let's go there right now and see CACAC97. Who knows where they come up with the usernames. But anyway, <laughs> uh, he wants to know or she wants to know, uh, Hank, West Coast flip targets. And we've talked about Bryce Young. Uh, but what about Justin Flo and Elias Ricks, a couple of prime targets, I would guess, for this Alabama class? Where does the Crimson Tide sit with uh, those guys? And, and of course, we, we've talked about Flo a lot. But but what about Ricks? Yeah, that I mean, that, that's been really interesting uh, to follow that. And like I said, we hadn't really mentioned him much just because he's been pretty solid to LSU and, and to 
Elias Ricks's credit, he's he's been saying all along he's going to take an official visit to Alabama. It's just been a weather when he was going to set it up. Um, and we talked to him at the opening. He he hasn't set a date yet, but he wants to go to a game. Um, he also is going to take an unofficial visit, so he's going to take two trips out to Tuscaloosa uh, before it's all said and done, which is it's pretty big development if you, if you ask me as far as kind of a five-star quarterback committed to your, uh, an SEC rival uh, that, that's pretty big news and, and he's considering Alabama and Ohio State uh, you know I still think he's pretty firm with LSU uh, the, I, I think someone had told me his, his family moved to Baton Rouge or something something along those lines to where uh, you know they're, they're pretty set on going to LSU um, I think the only thing that could change his mind at this point uh, which you know I mean Things happen in recruiting is a, is a coaching change um, in Baton Rouge. So obviously that that'd be something to watch if that were to happen um, later on this year. If LSU kind of has a has a bad season. But um, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're in the mix for Elias Ricks. I, I wouldn't project him to flip to Alabama at this point. But, you know, you, you can't be sitting comfortably as an LSU fan seeing uh, one of your top commits or, or top targets uh, visiting Tuscaloosa um, anytime throughout the process. So that'll be one we're watching. And then uh, Justin Flo. He was also a guy that, that didn't show up at the opening. I, I think he had a little bit of an injury. He didn't want to compete. Um, so we did get a chance to catch up with him there. But Bama's firmly in the mix there. They have been for a long time. Um, he, he's going to get back out for an official visit at some point, uh, maybe maybe a couple visits. You know, he, he takes visits all over. Um, and so, you know, if you ask me, I, I think Bama's in that probably top three for him personally. Um, I think Georgia, Clemson um, are, are kind of the others to watch out for with Justin Flo. But big time priority target. Obviously, that that inside linebacker position is still kind of uh, needing to be filled. Obviously, they, they have guys like Demoy Kennedy and Jackson Bratton, of course. But um, Justin Flo is one of those guys you, you don't really turn down whenever he wants to come even if you already filled the position so um, I think Bama's in it for him it's just a long way from over yeah and you've touched on another prospect from the state of California right here in the last couple weeks that Alabama is apparently in really good shape with at that inside linebacker position yeah and uh, Jordan Banks uh, he's a four-star um, he's rated as an outside linebacker but Bama's recruiting him as an inside linebacker he's actually you know we've talked about him for a while he kind of just gets kind of overshadowed by all these higher and flow or like a Savelle Smalls. Uh, but, you know, he's a top two, four, seven guy uh, from Harbor City, California. He's a teammate of Bama commit Treshawn Holden. Um, he named Bama his leader last summer at the at the Champions Cookout when he visited. And then he returned um, a couple weeks ago for for this year's Champions Cookout and and uh, reaffirmed that Bama's his leader. So they're very in very good shape with him. The only thing with Jordan Banks is he's he's saying he's not going to make a decision until November. So, um, you know, if, if we get to November and, and maybe a guy like Justin Flo joins the class or, or some other things happen where they get a guy um, and start to fill up a little bit more. Is there going to be that spot? You know, that spot is there now. Um, um, but you know, is, is that going to be this, is that going to be the case here in a few months? So uh, another guy that they're in great shape with um, and, and you know, they're not going to be lacking in the linebacker department um, in, in 2020. Let's talk about Darnell Washington, Crimson D two, four, seven, wants to know why do you think Alabama will sign Darnell Washington and that Georgia seems to think it is in very good shape with the big athlete? Yeah, my my, my thinking with Darnell Washington is, is number one, it's going to be Alabama or Georgia. Uh, that That's where I think he's going to end up. Um, we caught up with him 
at the check-in last Sunday, um, and, and he's still mentioning a ton of schools. I think he's only narrowed his list down to 12 at this point. And so, you know, he's still talking about all these schools. He's gone on so many visits. Um, but I just think Bama and Georgia have impressed him the most. Um, and, and, you know, he talked a little bit more highly of Georgia in our interview on Sunday. Uh, but, you know, he, he's been to Bama three times. He's developed a really close relationship with Jeff Banks, who would be his position coach, uh, who is also his primary recruiter from Alabama. Uh, you know, he, he's built a good bond with Nick Saban and he's going to be back on campus probably two more times before he makes a decision uh, next January. So uh, why I feel comfortable still projecting him to Bama is number one, there's still such a long time to go uh, before he makes a decision and he still hasn't taken any official. It's just, there's too much time remaining. And number two, uh, you know, Bama, they need tight ends in this class. And I think they've sold him that, kind of vision as far as coming in and, and contributing right away. And, you know, watching this guy play him and Eric Gilbert, the other five-star athlete that's being recruited by, uh, at tight end by Alabama. I mean, these guys uh, are, are just monsters as far as just ability. I, I think Eric Gilbert's more of a natural, uh, wide receiver, but the Darnell Washington, I, I think, you know, he would be the best tight end on, on most any field you're on. But th- this year's uh, this year's group of tight ends are just loaded with guys like him and Eric Gilbert and, and Michael Mayer and some others. But um, you, you can see why Bama's pushing for, for Darnell Washington so hard. Um, I think he checked in at six, seven and a half, like two sixty one. Um, wow. So he's just a huge guy. He runs a four, seven forty, has pretty good hands. So um, it'll be fun to watch it. I, I still feel good about Bama at this point, but, you know, I can see why there's Georgia buzz as well. And finally, Hank, uh, MS Tide fan wants to know, who is the commitment that Alabama currently has for the 2020 cycle that maybe we're not talking about enough? A guy that you think perhaps he committed early in the process, perhaps his composite ranking isn't uh, what some of the other guys in this class are. Just uh, maybe an under-the-radar commitment for Alabama that you don't think perhaps has gotten the adequate amount of love. Yeah. I mean, you you could go a number of different directions. I, I I'll probably say either. Well, I was thinking Brian branch, but we have him in the top 100. So he, he's getting love as far as rankings <laughs> go. Um, I'd probably say Jacquez Robinson out of Jacksonville. Uh, you know, he, he's six, one and a half, 190 pound corner. Uh, we've seen Bama. We've seen all these schools press for him. And, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when, when you see, uh, I mean, when you see Nick Saban kind of prioritize a cornerback early on, that's kind of his specialty as far as coaching goes, uh, positional coaching goes. Um, and you can he he checks all the boxes. He's got the size, he's got the speed. Um, you know, he plays high level competition. Um, he just kind of came on a little bit as far as rankings go, and is kind of catching up to him now. Um, you know, slowly. I, I think he's going to continue to move his way up. He's already a composite four star. I could see him being in, in the top 150 at some point, if for sure top 247 in my opinion, as far as his his ability goes. But we've seen Bama really pressed to keep him in the class. Um, he camped well. He, he he's impressed all throughout the spring, and we're seeing all these teams try to come in and flip him. Um, and you look at his ranking, he's number 302 in the country in the composite. So uh, I, th- I think he's definitely probably the most underrated in the bunch, um, but I don't think that's going to last very long. Now, is Robinson, he's going to spend his senior season at Trinity Christian Academy there in Jacksonville. Is that correct? Yeah. And so I, I believe he started his career at Trinity Christian. He he transferred to Sandalwood and then he transferred back. Um, so his 24 seven sports database page, I mean, it took a minute to, to fix. I don't think I've ever had to, you know, uh, change that in the system. So it took a little bit to catch up. But uh, yeah, he, he's going to finish off at uh, Trinity Christian. I don't like hearing 
Sandalwood High School, Hank. 1985, <laughs> my senior year at Ed White High School, we lost 17 to 14 in a tight Oof. one to the Saints of Sandalwood. Um, I'm sorry to bring it up. You know, and back then, look, I'm going to go way off the the script here. Back then, Trinity Christian Academy, which was probably about a mile and a half, two miles away from the high school I attended. Hey, that, you talk about a, a, a popcorn program. There was nothing going on at Trinity Christian. Now, Trinity Christian, when you talk about top high school football programs in the southeast, Trinity Christian Academy on the west side of Jacksonville, Florida, is a top 10 type, top 15 type program not a big school uh but play big big time uh high school football as you alluded to there on Jacquez Robinson well Hank I think we got it just about covered what about you I agree you know I I still feel like there's probably we could probably talk another hour or so just about what's all that happened in the last month but uh I don't want to take up your Friday night (laughs) (laughs) oh look I'm 50 years old Hank you know this is kind of where it's at on Friday nights (laughs) all right and you've got a young one so uh we're kind of in the same boat. We could probably yeah. do these uh, throughout the weekend and, and, and it not mess up our, our social schedule all that much. But as <laughs> always, great stuff from Hank South. You can find it all at BamaOnline.com. We certainly appreciate you joining us here on the Built by Bama Online podcast. Again, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast. We would love for you to leave a, a review of the podcast. All of those things would help us out a pretty good bit. So there you go, Hank South with a rundown, a state of Alabama recruiting address, as it were, from Hank South. Good stuff from Hank. Hank, have a great rest of your weekend, my man. Hey, Travis, thanks. You too. There he goes, Hank South. And again, join us at BamaOnline.com for continuing coverage of Alabama athletics, whether it's team-related, whether it's recruiting. We've got you covered at BamaOnline.com. And join us again real soon right here on the Built by Bama online podcast. So long, everybody.